0: Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior 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 Podcast. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. I am so excited for today. Today we're going to have an episode that is quite different. We're going to talk about how you can use hypnosis. Yes, that's right. You heard me. Hypnosis to boost your job search. Today we have Mark Tyrrell, the creative director of Uncommon Knowledge, which is the largest provider of hypnosis in the world. Mark has been working as a hypnotherapist since 1995. Together with his team, Mark has served over 600,000 hypnosis downloads and treated 5,000 patients in personal one-on-one therapy. Mark has helped thousands upon thousands to improve their self-esteem and overcome major life obstacles, including depression, panic attacks, and anxiety. You guys, hypnosis is a real thing. I've been listening to their downloads for the last four years and can't explain to you the effect that it's had on my life. And it is crazy the wide range of things that hypnosis can be used to help with. I've been on their website and they tackle major issues such as improving self-esteem all the way down to stopping those minor bad habits. I even saw stop nose picking on their website and just was blown away. So here's the craziest part of it all guys. Mark is actually going to perform a mini hypnosis session at the end for all of you guys to get acquainted with the practice. You heard me right. You're getting hypnotized. I can't emphasize this enough. Please find a good place to do the session. Be smart. I know many of you are driving or performing tasks while listening to this podcast, but do yourself a favor, pause this podcast, come back to it whenever you want and do the hypnosis, but please no hypnotic drivers out there. So how can you benefit from hypnosis? As you listen to this session, start thinking about how some of the unconscious behaviors and thought patterns may be holding you back in your career. Is it your confidence? Is it interview nerves? Is it your inability to face criticism? We are here for you, and this session is going to help you on the much deeper level. All right, so let's get to it. Without further ado, here's Mark Tyrrell on Get Hypnotized, Unlocking Your Job Search Potential. Mark, it's great to have you on. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's, it's uh, a beautiful day, if a bit cold over here in England.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So you're, you're over in uh, which, which part of England?
1: I, I'm in Brighton, which is on the south coast. Um, so there's palm trees and, and wall-to-wall sandy beaches. Not really. Uh, it, it's a <laughs> little beach and it's uh, pretty misty and cold, as, you, as you'd expect, as you'd imagine.
0: That's exactly what I'd imagine. Yeah, in Austin, it's 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 not much better, but it uh, tends to be a lot more bright than over in your part of the world. Indeed. Excellent. So, you know, I want to open it up by hearing about your story. How did you get started with hypnosis and what is your background, sir?
1: Okay, well, um, I guess I've always been interested in, in the mind and the way the mind works. And I used to do, uh, when I was a lot younger, I used to do a lot of athletics and um, I, I would... Uh, you know, I'd, I'd do decathlon and, and I would uh, do little tricks in my head, like, you know, with the high jump, I, I would imagine that it was, uh, I, w- I was leaping longwards, not highwards. So, mm-hmm. you know, one, one metre 90 was no big deal sort of thing, you know. Um, and, and, you know, so I've always been interested in um, human excellence, if you like. Um, when I was um, 20, I, w- I went to work um, as a psychiatric nurse in in a um, in a what they call a locked ward, which was a, a hospital for severely disturbed people who were deemed to be a threat to themselves or sure and to other people, sure. um, and, and that really um, you know sort of uh, woke me to the uh, extremes of of human mental suffering, suffering if you like. Um, I, I, w- I was only there for two years. Um, I think that's probably enough doing that kind of thing, although I loved it in, in a way. Um, but I had a young family, so I needed to earn a bit more money. Um, and there's not much money in that sort of thing, although there should be. Um, sure, so I, sure. I, worked, I worked in a housing association for a while, but I thought, well, this isn't really what I want to do, you know. And um, so I retrained. I, I trained as a, as a psychotherapist and a hypnotherapist at St. Answell um, um, Hospital in London, and um, started seeing clients at the age of uh, 27. And uh, what I what I was finding was that I I was seeing people who'd been similar to the people I'd seen in the, in the psychiatric hospital. You know, people who were severely depressed, sometimes extremely phobic, extremely traumatised. And I was helping them not medically, not not uh, through, uh, you know, sort of psychotropic drugs, obviously, right. but through, through words, you know. And, and that was, to me, astonishing, you know, that, that you, because it was very um, much a revolving door sort of scenario in the hospital where um, you get the same patients coming in and out again. And basically the, the therapy would be just adjusting their drug treatment and that, or occasionally electric shock treatment as well in those days and um, I was finding that I was having really good results uh, more often than not with people who had who weren't supposed to be helped through non-chemical means if you like and that to me was incredible and then I um, started running uh, workshops pretty early on as well for the public um, teaching them the sort of basics of hypnosis and how to do it doing demonstrations as well I was extremely nervous when I started doing that (laughs) I that (laughs) too. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't, didn't, didn't kind of stop me doing it, but I, I was very, very naive. This is was um, before the internet even, you know, you can imagine. Wow. Such a thing. And um, I uh, put out uh, 300 leaflets, I, I remember, around my hometown. And it was so naive, you know, what, what's 300 leaflets going to do? But I got 17 or 18 people coming along to my first workshop. And I thought, wow, there, there is something here. People are interested. Um, and, you know, they were, uh, you know, Average Joes coming along. but sometimes I get psychiatrists or um, doctors or psychologists coming along. And that that really, um, you know, sort of uh, helped my confidence doing what I was doing because they were as intrigued as anyone else was, you know, so. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I thought, well, this is something that um, everybody seems to be interested in. And uh, I would do demonstrations of hypnosis and I I would do a phobia cure on on, on the workshop as well or, or a trauma cure. Uh, as a sort of grand finale of the two day workshop and um then eventually i um i met my current business partner who's based in scotland now uh, and he um probably more business minded than i am uh, mm. engineering degree so so you know, that's sort of, that's roger <laughs> yeah that's roger yeah mm. and um he was extremely good at um sort of building the business and we built it together but we started running a diploma course at Brighton University. We did that for ten years, and we trained um, people in, in solution-focused psychotherapy and using hypnosis as a tool. Because it's important to stress that hypnosis isn't um, a therapy; it's a tool that you use in therapy. You know? Okay. It, it's a naturally occurring human state of consciousness that uh, really um, works well when you tap into it. You know. Sure. So- human performance but also overcoming difficulties and, and blocks and so forth as well so it, it's a tool um and it's um, only as good as the the um you know surrounding psychotherapy that is used within so to speak so we, we ran the diploma course and then we got online um in, in pretty early about 2001 started hypnosis downloads in 2003 and now we do online training and um, i still see clients um, one-to-one we, we've we got um. A, a facility for therapists called, um, UPTV and common practitioners therapy videos, which um, is, is basically lots of video of me doing therapy yeah. with real, real clients. And, um, so therapists watch that as well, but we've also got the hypnosis download site and, and other sites as well. So, um, we've kind of
0: built it up over 20 years or so really, which is it's amazing. amazing. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I, I, don't, I can't remember the first time I did stumble upon your downloads. I think, trying to think what it was. I know you guys have very good SEO. So I was able to Google something of the like, and you guys came up first for hypnosis. And I remember for me, I was going through a very rough time in my life. You know, at the time I was in transition, a career transition, and I just, I can't really thank you enough because really, um, what it did was it really got deep down and it, it really helped me to kind of control these things and really gave a really profound improvement in my life. So so I think what you're doing out there is, is just so incredibly helpful. And I really want as many people as possible to really see the power of what this can do as a tool. So,
1: Well, well thank you very much. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the downloads themselves, they're not, say, a replacement for therapy, but they can help right. people enormously. I mean, we have had people write to us saying they'd spent thousands of dollars on, on psychiatrists and they got more help out of, out <laughs> of the downloads. 14 download. <laughs> 95 download. Um, but but uh, well, that was one comment anyway. Um, sure. But, but yes, I mean it does seem to be that lots of people have benefited from them, and that's extremely, um, you know, because, because one of the, all those years ago in the psychiatric hospital, I used to sit there thinking, well, I haven't really done, you know, what am I doing for these people, you know, um, other than medicating them and uh, and being nice to them, um, mm. which was not a small cool thing in a way. But um, y- you know, it does it does seem to th- feel that it all stemmed from there. But the other thing with hypnosis, of course, is that. Um, you know there's been an assumption that's, that's uh, spread around our culture western world that that you know you, you have to think happy thoughts in order to be happy you know that that what you think produces an emotion but of course the brain doesn't really work like that you know it, it's not to say that what we think isn't important sure what, what we think is so often um a a manifestation of what we feel it, what we're feeling you know so um, you know, you have the feeling first, and then the thought. You know, which is kind of um, sort of counters this, uh, you know, cognitive behavioral kind of uh, uh, ethos or ideology. But um, as, as far as neuro, uh, you know, brain science is concerned, that that's sort of what's happening. So, okay. so really, we use hypnosis to tap into the part of the mind which, if you like, is producing and maintaining the problem, which isn't always the cognitive part of the mind. The cognitive mind just backs up the, the emotional part of the mind, you know, more often than not. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a rationale for using hypnosis.
0: Sure. And I want to kind of go into what some of the misconceptions are of hypnosis, because I'll tell you the first time I ever became acquainted with hypnosis was when I was five years old, watching Scooby-Doo cartoons and, and watching, uh, I think, Shaggy get hypnotized. But I, I kind of want to go into what hypnosis really is and how we could kind of debunk some of those myths.
1: Okay, well, well, you know, it wasn't me that was hypnotizing Shaggy all those years ago, but, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I swear I swear, you came to see me for smoking uh, cannabis. It was, it was There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. We, yeah. Well, a lot of the, you know, you have this sort of myth that you, you, you're, you're totally. Um, unconscious like you're in a coma or something like this you know and, uh, and of course it's um it's an altered state but it's not a completely different state to, to everyday awareness so people generally uh, recall stuff and they're aware on the conscious level it's more of, of a um, right. disassociated state rather than an unconscious state it's not like a coma you know
0: um so so there's no there's no blackout that is being introduced there you'll there's a good chance you'll remember some of the parts of the session
1: yeah, all, all parts of the session absolutely yeah. you know, sure
0: uh, it's like if you watch a a movie for ninety
1: minutes you know that's really engrossing then, then you're not necessarily going to remember all of it you know straight right. away bits might come back to you later on and so forth so so that's one element and the, the other element of course is it's entirely natural that you know every time you dream at night you know we all dream for about 20% of, of sleep time if if we're not depressed if we're depressed we dream a lot more than that but if we're non depressed we'll dream about 20 25% of uh, sleep time and, of course, when you're dreaming, you're completely disassociated. It's the deepest hypnotic trance that you can have, really, because okay. generally speaking, you're not aware that you're in bed um, consciously. You're not aware um, that, that uh, you know, what's going on in your everyday life. You're totally focused. Uh, you're disassociated from your surroundings and associated to the contents of your imagination, which you're living through as you're producing it. So it's quite an amazing and creative thing. Anyone who says they're not creative but dreams, you know, of course, are incredibly creative. Sure. Um, yeah. So. So, uh, you know, that would be nature's hypnotic trance that we will experience for about two hours every day or every night, um, intermittently through the night. Uh, when, when, we, when we're hypnotizing someone, we're not controlling them. You know, I, I don't um, control somebody through hypnotizing them. What we're doing is giving them more control in a sense. So we're, we're, we're helping them um, uh, access the part of their mind which can do things that they don't know how to do consciously. Okay. Whether that's feel calm when they're public speaking or in a job interview or um, whether that's to cure warts, you know, or um, control pain, you know, or, or uh, just start to feel better. Uh, I mean, sure. if we're, if we're treating depression, then of course, we need to look at the depressive thinking styles, the absolutist the extremist, the all or nothing thinking, the perfectionism, perhaps the, the, um, you know, the lifestyle and, uh, the avoidance versus going for what they need in life and so forth. Uh, But um, ultimately we need to relax the person as well because it's a condition of stress. Depression is a stressed brain. A depressed person has a stressed brain. So we're using hypnosis partly just to relax the person, to normalize their cortisol stress hormone, um, but also to help them uh, begin to perceive reality differently with less depressive biases and so on and so forth. So yeah. that's amazing uh, we use hypnosis in different ways really
0: and and the fact that you said at the beginning that it really should be a tool and i think using it to enhance some of these other things so if this person is going to therapy this it isn't the therapy itself it's something that can supplement that yeah so
1: yeah 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 that's right and 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 so the person using it needs to have a, a sensible basis in, in psychology they need to know sure. why they're doing it you know so we're not dragging people back in, in into the past just to re-experience pain again and so forth we're we use it respectfully and comfortably for the person um, okay. yeah, that's really what we're doing
0: so why mark do you think it's so important to go beyond this the regular conscious mind and our thoughts so can I just think myself better when dealing with these issues or
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly you can. There was research done on affirmations, you know, and, and um, affirmations seem to work for people who have pretty good self-esteem to start with. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, because they already kind of believe what they're, you know, they're telling themselves they're wonderful or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, but they've been found to make people with low self-esteem feel worse about themselves because they kind of know know they're lying to themselves, you know, mm. because the conscious mind is trying to um, outpower the unconscious feelings you know of low self-esteem or anxiety or you know um self-criticism and so forth so we kind of need to deal with the feeling before we deal with the um with the thoughts you know there's something called pattern matching which occurs okay and pattern matching um happens in the brain where we sort of um, pick up something from the environment, and we respond to it instinctively before the conscious mind gets involved. Okay, so I've worked a lot with war um, veterans, and what, what you find is that um, the if when someone becomes traumatized, it, it's kind of a hypnotic experience. Okay, it's it's this is what I mean by you know hypnosis isn't a therapy in itself. It's it's just a, a central human. Um, state of consciousness we experience so the person sure. it, 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 no one sits down with the person and says okay from now on you, you're going to have a traumatic reaction every time you hear a car backfiring because it re- will remind you of being in helden province in afghanistan you know um that's not a cognitive learning so it's a hypnotic learning and then there's a post-hypnotic suggestion from the environment when they get back to america or, or the uk or wherever and something vaguely reminds the the brain of um the, the initial trauma so, you know, details surrounding it and it'll pattern match, which is a non-cognitive process. Okay, it's a hypnotic process, and they they'll hypnotically regress back to the original trauma. You know, uh, they kind of still know where they are; that they're not in Afghanistan anymore. But the but that's it's kind of outside of thinking that kind of stuff. And they know that they're not in Afghanistan, or they, they know that it's it's not a bomb going off. It's a it's a firework display or whatever. But sure. the but the knowing isn't can't outpower the the emotion because emotion has to do with survival you know, embedded in the word emotion is motion. So emotion is powerful. And, um, you know, if it's very powerful, and we can't just outthink it, we have to deal with it in another kind of a way. You know, we have, we have to work on the level of, of, of the problem, um, you know, that's maintained not through thinking. You know? so, so someone could know they're being irrational, but <clears throat> that doesn't make any difference necessarily. Right. It, you know, if if someone's having a sort of PTSD, post-traumatic stress uh, disorder response to fireworks going off because they were in a in a war zone before, then sitting down with them and just trying to explain to them that their fireworks are not bombs <laughs> is, is going to be kind of patronising. They That's sort of know that already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that you know, we do need to work on the level of, of the problem. So pattern matching um, occurs unconsciously you know we, sure. we don't, we don't um, know and it happens with phobias as well you know um and, and but also you know anger uncontrolled un- anger and um also depression you know sometimes people feel just feel depressed and they don't really know why it's a non-conscious and and um you know depression is, it, it oscillates as well you know sometimes we're more depressed and sometimes we're less depressed and so forth or it varies you know
0: so forth but yeah yeah excellent I kind of want to go into your, your creative process. And obviously I'm not asking you to kind of spill your secret sauce here, but it is interesting to kind of know how it works when you are coming up with these sessions. So, so what's, what's kind of the first thing that you'll do when you're trying to address a problem as a hypnotherapist?
1: Um, what do you mean? A one-to-one session or, or when we're
0: doing the downloads? I'm actually more curious to hear about your, your downloads just because there's that there's just so many different kinds out there. Okay. <laughs> um, don't don't
1: ask me to name them all because we have over a thousand. <laughs> um, it'll take a, a while. We, we um, I'll, I'll sit down um, with a scriptwriter who's who was trained who, who trained in our diploma course uh, several years ago, <clears throat> and um, we'll talk about the problem and the way it works. You know, because all problem, problems have a have a sort of mechanism to them. They work in a certain way. You know, you find all depressed people tend to. Experience things in in quite similar ways. They can be depressed about different things and all phobias kind of work in the same way PTSD does and so forth. So so we'll look at the the wider patterns how it works We'll we'll seek to uh, build rapport the first part of the script with um, the person um, suffering, whatever it is, then we'll um, Seek to instill hope, okay that it can change and we're, we're confident about that because we've seen people change you know come out of all kinds of horrendous psychological um, situations then we'll um uh, look at some metaphors as well because the unconscious mind is prim- primarily metaphorical you know mm-hmm. and um language is metaphorical you know every single word that i'm saying now it just someone just made it up. It hasn't none of the words have reality in themselves. They're just stand-ins for, you know, approximations of some bit of reality that you true. You know. Absolutely so, so, true. So so, you know, metaphor is uh central. So we'll we'll look at some metaphors. We we might look at a little bit of um, detraumatization in, in in the download as well. Um and um you know, perhaps some follow-up suggestions and and so forth. And so they'll they'll sure. be maybe maybe a few minutes of sort of pre, preamble and then straight down into the hypnotic part. And um, I mean, sometimes people do say things like they they can't remember, <laughs> having <laughs> contradicting what I said earlier. They can't remember exactly what we said. Uh, <clears throat> but generally speaking, you're you're kind of aware. You know, your, your unconscious mind can be operating or is operating inevitably at the same time that your conscious mind is operating. So, for example, if, if I'm working with a client and they, sometimes you, you have hypnotic phenomenon, you know, so um, it could be a hand levitation in which they, the hand, they're not consciously moving the hand, but the hand starts to lift up by itself. And um, But the conscious mind can, can think it's funny or observe it even while the unconscious mind is doing it. But, but this happens in everyday life, you know, if somebody has a panic attack, which is a horrible metaphor for... High anxiety, um, hmm. that then um, you know, a part of them can observe themselves themselves responding in that way. You know, my God, my my mouth's gone dry and you know, my heart's beating, but it's not the conscious mind doing that; it's the unconscious mind doing that.
0: Right. It's almost like two separate entities almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's a disassociation, you know, my God, why am I acting so weird?
0: And I truly think it's, it's, it's great how these sessions are set up. And, and as I think I mentioned previously, I've listened to, to dozens and dozens of them and, and the, the way you begin all of them, I think is great because you, you go in and you explain kind of what the issue is on a logical level. It's rational. So, um, and then you kind of dive into the session and, I really think that is a necessary part of these downloads because, you know, it's, it's good because you, you identify, you know, that logical part as well as that, you know, that subconscious. And the, I think the timing and the length is perfect, too, because these tend to be about, you know, from what is it, like 20 to 30 minutes? Yeah, typically. R- roughly, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, we, and we do take pains to, you know, make it sensible sensible psychologists are kind of strap line. you know, we, you know, I, I worked with a, with a fantastic um, psychologist called Joe Griffin uh, for many years. And, and we would go around uh, presenting to uh, the national health service in, in, in the UK to mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of, of health professionals. And, and um, he, you know, uh, he, he's extremely sensible and grounded and groundbreaking in his research and his thinking on psychology. So, so really, you you want any hypnosis that you do, embedded within a very sensible, knowledgeable framework. You know, it's not just about being kind of airy fairy, so we say over here, sure, um, sure. Or, or nebulous, or you know, wind chimes are fantastic, but but it, it's it's not all about that kind of stuff. You know, we do need to have a, a knowledge of, of current scientific research into, into human psychology, and use hypnosis alongside that to make it more effective. I think. You know, I, I was extremely influenced as well by someone called Milton Erickson, um, who's who uh, based in Phoenix in Arizona, um, died in 1980. He sort of wrote out many case histories. People wrote about him more than he wrote, uh, wrote himself. He wasn't really a theorist. He was he was a practitioner. Um, he was a psychiatrist as well as a medical doctor, but perhaps the most famous hypnotherapist in the world. And he would use a sort of indirect approach as well. So he wouldn't just tell people what to experience. He would use analogy, metaphor, jokes, puns, um, parallel sort of processing and um, and task setting and see the whole family and, and so forth and use, use hypnotic language in a very creative way. And I was extremely influenced by him and read everything I could about him very early on.
0: Wow. And what was the name again? Uh, Milton Erickson. Milton Erickson. I'll actually put a link to that at the the description, so if people want to find out more information as well, because I think our listeners tend to be pretty curious people. So
1: I've written a couple of articles on, on Milton Erickson. So uh, I think I think there's uh, if you type in my name and Milton Erickson, Milton <laughs> Erickson, then uh, he hasn't written about me, and um, I've written about him. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, so that might give people a sort of background, you know. You know.
0: Great. So, Mark, how long does it really take to affect change? And, you know, I know that's kind of a broad question here, but really what kind of results should I expect from hypnotherapy?
1: Um, It it depends, really. If it's a um, one-off sort of uh, problem, for example, if it's a one-off trauma, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: then, you know, hopefully it could be one session or one or two sessions. If somebody's whole life needs kind of, uh, you know, if if there's multiple trauma, if they're depressed, if they're um, addicted to stuff, um, if they don't have any friends, um, if the if the damage is wide to, to the person's life, if you like, then, of course, it would take a lot longer. But it, 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 it could be one or two time, times of listening or it might be sure. like, a few times. It, it depends on the individual, you know, and it depends on, on the extent to which they need help. Um, you know, things can shift very, very fast with some people, mm-hmm. and with other people it takes a bit longer. You know, I mean, if I if I see a smoker face to face, for example, or, or a heavy drinker, then I, I'm really looking to work as quickly as possible with them, and I'm really trying to affect the change in one session. Um, sure, sometimes, sure. sometimes people find that they one session of listening to a to a download will will make all the difference, um, and or sometimes they need a bit longer. You know. Uh, insomnia is another big one, you know, so many people have sleep problems and sleeping poorly kind of, um, leaks into other facets of human functioning, you know, and and, and, it's tough. Yeah. Yes. It's hard hard to go to work in the morning if you've only slept two hours. And what what happens, of course, is is that people um, then worry that they've got to go to work in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The more you worry, the more awake you are because worry is a stimulant like caffeine. Um, (laughs) So sometimes people will listen to a sleep download and, and they'll find they listen to it every night and you know, it just kinda of relaxes them enough to either go to sleep or which is obviously the aim, or to at least feel very relaxed if they are awake for a bit longer. You know, because if you're very relaxed and awake, you'll often get much of the benefit that you would if you're asleep, you know. So because people get very hung up on, you know, am I conscious, am I asleep? Right. Um <clears throat> But, you know, if you're very tense while you're asleep, which people can be, they might be less rested than if they're awake and very relaxed, you know. So that, that's, uh, that's something to reassure ourselves with.
0: Great. And this is kind of a, a blanket question here, but you mentioned some of these these things, uh, almost like common themes that people have. So just getting relaxed or, or being able to let go over anxieties. But, you know, what do you think are some behaviors and even thought patterns that are holding people back in their careers? And a lot of the times I'll talk to people who just can't do an interview right because they're so nervous and you know sometimes it's it is that level of confidence and people don't think they have the courage to make a a job transition but um, yeah what do you think mark
1: well uh, you talk about thinking patterns and um, one of the biggest problems that many people have certainly depressed people but also um, people who get very anxious is um, absolutist thinking there's some research done recently with uh, six thousand forum users um for, on depression websites you know or, or, or mental um health uh, websites and what they found that the greater to which the person was depressed the more all or nothing language that they use so they talk about completely this or completely that or this is a total nightmare or other mm. people are you know uh, totally perfect and i'm a com- i'm i'm terrible you know so so they wouldn't talk in shades of gray they would talk in absolutes and we, we know that um you know emotional problems track alongside um, all or nothing thinking or absolutist or extremist thinking and um part of the problem has been that you know the sort of positive um, uh thinking uh, cult, if you like ha- has encouraged more of that you know so i 've got to be totally awesome in this interview <laughs> no <you haven't>. yeah <laughs> yeah' you've, you've just got to be good enough and 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 you 've got to be natural and and you need to know about who you're, who you're trying to get the job with, obviously you need to do your research exactly. Um, and you need to be calm enough, and you need to be interested, and uh, <clears throat> you don't need to be intimidatingly perfect, you know, because people don't necessarily want that. They want someone who's enthusiastic and open. Uh, well, depending depending on the role, of course. Sure. Uh, um, you know, they wouldn't necessarily want that for for a computer. Uh, as sort a of, uh, programmer, um, but yes, yeah. So, so the absolute is thinking, the all or nothing. Now, now if we look at um, learned helplessness, it, it is there was a, a term coined by someone called Martin Seligman, Seligman back in the, 1974, and he, um, he he found that people would um, globalise the feeling of not being able to do something. You know, so so for example, if you um, if you really are helpless in one situation, <clears throat> but then you go out of that situation, you still behave as if you can't if you're as if you're helpless and hopeless but you're not anymore okay learned helplessness you know imagine a a bird that's stuck in a cage for many years and then someone leaves the door open the bird comes out of the cage but it doesn't fly because it doesn't believe it can fly but of course it can fly so it's learned helplessness and 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 actually he researched even dogs and and rats exhibit learned helplessness it's not really a cognitive thing but it's central to depression and giving up hope so, so that that's one facet, that's one thinking or experiential style that, that um, trips people up. Um, also, the ab- absolutist thinking that I was talking about, uh, well, well, depressive thinking, um, which can certainly strike anyone, even if they're not depressed. You know, we've all done it probably. Um, has has three bits to it, really. So, if if somebody, um, you know, something goes wrong, you might blame yourself. So you internalize the negative. You know, so the relationship ended. I, I screw up everything. It's down to me, or or you blame everybody else except yourself. So so locus of the control is important. You know, sure, how, sure. to what extent can you control something? And then you've got globalizing negatives. You know, so this bad thing happened. Everything's crap. You know, okay? one, one one bad thing. You know, I, I failed the test. My
0: life's my life's ruined.
1: You know, <laughs> of course. And and you hear you hear people say things like this all the time. Yeah.
0: Um. It's very sad. It is very sad. And I'll I'll kind of bring a, um, a comparison here. It's, so I went to um, a school in which there was I think it was a record amount of suicides in one year. And it was incredibly sad because um, it was they were the students that put almost everything, their entire lives, all in um, their academics or these tests. And so it's almost it's almost like that same kind of that same line of thinking that this is everything, you know. So, and this is my one chance, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> so, so
0: that's certainly,
1: um, a problem that, you know, or if I don't get this job, my, you know, there's no point, my life's ruined. impressive. bias is called globalization. Sure. And often they'll do the opposite. So they'll say, well, yeah, that, that one thing in my life's good, but everything else is terrible, you know? So, so they're spreading the, the badness, you know? And the, the, the other thing, <clears throat> which um, is, is the most depressing thing is stabilizing negatives, um, Okay. Destabilizing positives. So what that means is you're making it permanent in your mind. So, um, you know, my, my um, I got, I lost my last job. I'll never get another job or nothing ever good has happened to me, to me, you know, so, so negatives are seen in terms of ever and never, you know, nothing's nothing ever works out. I'll never be any good. I'll never get a job. Um, but good things are seen as fragile and temporary, you know, it's too good to last you know you hear people using that bias all the time and and to be aware that it, it is a bias um is very yes. useful thing.
0: excellent mark your your answers have been absolutely incredible so far and i think what it should do is help people really have an understanding of what hypnosis is and kind of um hopefully people have a good idea of of where they are kind of in their, in their confidence levels and and their emotional state. So, you know, you may be listening to this now just because you had a curiosity about, you know, what hypnosis can do, or you may have an actual change you want to make. But really what I think this should do is educate listeners. And, you know, like I said, I think you've done a great job of doing that so far. And uh, now for the fun part here. So we're going to be offering a sneak peek into hypnosis. And the goal is to um, offer you the sneak peek, especially if you haven't been hypnotized before and potentially lead you to thinking about how it can be used in other avenues. So listen to me right now, especially if you've been zoning out. Pause this right now if you are in the car or operating heavy machinery, anything that, that requires your attention just at all, uh, because I just want to make sure that all of you um, are putting your attention to this um, by not focusing on other things. And just once again, just knowing that it's not safe to be doing other things. So, um, Mark always says, just find a, a comfortable place to either relax or lie down, and and I think that's the best way to do it. All right, I will let Mark unpause right now and take it over from here.
1: What you could do is just let your eyes close, and you can focus your attention on the eyelids themselves. And you really don't have to pay attention to the words particularly. Your conscious mind can do its usual thing and analyze perhaps or criticize or do whatever it likes to do. But there's another part of you which is apart from that part, That's the part that breathes and circulates blood, produces dreams, looks after the body, and does all kinds of things for you. Without you having to think about that at all, it is really that part that I'm talking to right now. You would always imagine that your eyelids have little weights on them that's
2: it it's weighing them down with comfort and as you relax more completely to the words or the spaces
1: between the words you just notice your breathing and every time you breathe out you exhale the body relaxes a little more. Almost as if you can imagine relaxation
2: as a color. just
1: filtering through the muscles and into the hands and into the toes. Maybe the fingers could feel a little lighter as you begin to relax more. Or maybe the toes could feel a little lighter. Now, I'd like you just to imagine, you don't have to visualize, but just be aware of the reality of maybe a staircase. could be 10 steps leading down to somewhere very, very beautiful. It could be outside steps or inside steps. really doesn't matter.
2: And what you're going to find is
1: that as you go down each step, your body and mind can feel more relaxed with each step. You could imagine what that staircase might look like, or just get a sense of it. Maybe the air around it, or the light. And what the light would have to be like in order to be very restful. Very, very calming. And on the count of one, just taking the first step into a deep and beautiful sense of serenity and tranquility. Almost getting a sense of what it's like to feel a step beneath the sole of the foot and two. That's it. And three. You know, with each count, you can just get a sense of deepening rest and calm. And also into your unconscious mind can come the kind of place you need to be in order to relax so, so deeply and for. It could be an outside place, or a place you've been to, or would love to go back to, or would love to visit someday somewhere where the colors are restful and the air is comfortful and the colors are peaceful and just the surroundings are uh, very, very peaceful and calm. And four and five, halfway down that staircase, and a part of you. The part apart from the part of listening to my voice, part that dreams and knows how to relax and heal and feel so good sometimes, that part is the part that I'm really talking to now. And other parts of you can do what they like. But that part, the unconscious mind, is the part that can take you down to six and you really don't have to pay attention. To. Don't have to do anything or not do anything. just be carried along by the words as you relax deeper and deeper in seven.
2: And eight. almost to the
1: bottom of those steps, nine. and 10, just going through in your mind to kind of kind place that enables you to feel more relaxed. Perhaps in any other time. You know, logically, there's a time in everyone's life in which you're more completely wrapped in relaxation than at any other time. You don't have to feel that now. But what I'd like you to do in a few moments is to imagine what it would feel like on every single particle level to feel more relaxed and calm than at any other time.
2: Almost as if even the air around you is absolutely full of calm and rest.
1: It's like a part that doesn't usually stop for very long. Within you, a deep part of you, right in the mind, maybe runs around a lot or uh, goes up and down a lot. That part can be very, very still. Might as well take a break.
2: And what you find is when that part of you is very, very still,
1: feels very clear, like the calm surface of a pool reflects reality much more evenly, the inner part of you that can be very still and just reflect reality more the way it is.
2: And that feels so right,
1: It feels so good that that stillness can soothe around the body. The fingers may feel lighter now. It's like a healthy healing force right the way through the hands and the mind. and And the little muscles in the face can relax
2: more completely you really don't have to try to do anything.
1: But your unconscious mind, it's deep within your unconscious mind, there's a wellspring of pure hope and capacity. There's your destiny within your unconscious mind. And within a few moments, as you relax even deeper on one level, another part of you, get a sense of observing yourself from some future time, doing something you had no idea you could do so effectively. And I really don't need to know what that is. And you
2: can be surprised just viewing yourself,
1: doing something from a future time that you had no idea you could do so well.
2: Something really good for you and for other people. And even the air around you
1: can feel softer and calmer. And even the colors around you, wherever you happen to be, be more beautiful. And the area below your feet, and above your head, can all feel more relaxed. And your immune system
2: works so much better as you relax in this way. And you can feel very, very tranquil or just really peaceful.
1: You know, you could wake up tomorrow morning and just feel a little lighter. But it's just a feeling. That's it from the unconscious mind. Feeling lighter and but stronger.
2: And that's it. Humorous
1: and flexible in your thinking. Creative, but focused. That's a wonderful state of mind to be in. But what you can do with that as a tool, taking you into the future. And, you know, there may have been a time where you really had fun. You really laughed and just had a good time. You felt good about everything. There may have been a time like that. But your body knows about that. Your body knows about that feeling, that kind of light feeling. Maybe very curious about something or just having fun or just feeling right in many ways.
2: So even when you were very
1: young. And the world's big, and you know, before we'd learned to, you know, to limit things down into small boxes, and the world is full of limitless possibility. Just that feeling, the very powerful feeling. Your hands know about that, even if you don't, your toes know about that feeling, and your muscles know about that. And the way Your back can relax when you sleep deeply in mind. Everything can relax because your unconscious mind knows how to do things you don't know how to do
2: consciously. And for now,
1: you can just be aware that you can rest in this place whenever you need to. You can relax here, the theater of the mind, in which you can observe future behaviors from yourself. See yourself doing all kinds of things that are really good for you to do. Then you can come back here anytime you choose. For now, just begin to drift back to the bottom of those steps Whatever they look could be the same steps or different steps even. Just taking you back to everyday awareness. Your conscious mind can be more or less engaged in this. It really doesn't matter. But now you can just get the sense of being aware of those eyelids again. And maybe they feel very, very heavy, you know, the way they do when you sleep. Deeply in there, shut tight with tranquility. Almost glued together with calm and rest. And so coming back from ten and that's at nine, maybe drifting up those steps or walking up them. That's, that's a getting a sense of like when you walk in a dream and you feel the ground or steps beneath the feet. And eight and seven and six. And five. And four. And you don't even have to know consciously how good you can feel later on. And three. That's And two. And maybe a little heaviness in those eyelids for a while. That's Maybe a little shut tightness in those eyelids as they're so relaxed. Maybe they won't open until your unconscious mind lets you know that it's going to... Take responsibility for you learning in the best way possible, and two and one, starting to open those eyes. That's it.
0: Okay. All right. I did not. I I need a moment right now just to come out of that. That is amazing. <laughs> I apologize I had a bit of a
1: bit of a sore throat there
0: <laughs> I, I'm just I'm blown away by your ability to to do that live just right here um, in front of everyone this is not rec- recorded separately Mark did this uh, right here yeah, you know, during during today's podcast episode session so just wow true professional I'm just I'm still blown away so I don't know also how many this is the first time that I've been hypnotized on a podcast and this may be the first time anyone's been hypnotized on a podcast as a host. So breaking ground here. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining us on this episode here. I can't can't really thank you enough for all the work that you do. I think it's so impactful and and really going out and, and making a difference in people's lives and on such a deep level. So so thank you very much. And, and for the job seekers who are a part of this, um, this listening base, you know, can you talk about some of the downloads you have available for them in their job search?
1: Yes, we Oh, that now you're asking the actual names that we've got so many that um, we, we have um, job search motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one um, overcoming interview anxiety.
0: Yeah, I think that there's one called beat job interview nerves and anxiety. Yeah. This is the one I saw earlier, which I think that, that could be a really good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so we've got an array of, of job-related ones and, and uh, also dealing with tricky people at work. You know, <laughs> which there's <was> always-, there's <laughs> always that, as, as we all know. Um, but hopefully, we're not the tricky people ourselves. And, um, and, and, yeah, sort of work motivation as well when you're at work and um, yeah, overcoming procrastination. And all all kinds of things, you know, that's a good one. Once you find one that's, you know, related to work, then you'll see all the others as well. So
0: on the site. Sure. And that's on hypnosisdownloads.com. That's, that's
1: all all there. Yes. Yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. It's good. You bring that up because we actually just did a rebranding ourselves. I don't know if you saw previously, but we were the LEG job seekers podcast, but now we are the career warrior podcast.
1: I I did see that.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. It's good. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> the, the reasoning is we we just we are helping job seekers that's a big part of our audience but we also want to make sure we're helping people who really want to put their best foot forward in, in their jobs and their careers so so you called out you know stop procrastinating stop um you know dealing with tricky people at work those are all things that anyone can deal with you know no matter what so
1: that's right and also finding what's right for you to do as well you know mm-hmm. it's so so often in life we're, we're we're told by other people or we're molded not even told explicitly but molded by society yeah, yeah. to expect that we should do something which isn't really right for us you know so so uh, you know, sometimes we have to think about you know what do we really want to be doing well, you know what profession um would serve us well and we what profession would we serve really well as well because of who we are what type of person we are so i think that's an important thing to think i'd like to also add that we do provide a an online depression program which is free for people who can't afford it and it's, um, <clears throat> if you go to clinical, um, um, we haven't got the .com, um, <laughs> and then you can, um, sign up for the, free, uh, uh, natural depression treatment. And, and, um, there is an option to pay, but you don't have to pay if, you know, so, so that's something that might be useful for some people who know people who are depressed or, or are, you know, a bit depressed themselves. So
0: perfect. Mark, anything else or any other words of advice for job seekers?
1: um I, I would say um obviously, never give up and, and um keep going because you never yeah. know what's around the next bend and um also also believe in yourself because you know you are by definition much more effective than you know that you can be because we know that the human brain is absolutely incredible. It can do amazing things. It can switch off pain. I've seen that. It can overcome trauma very, very fast. It can come out of depression, can stay out of depression, it can it can learn incredibly quickly. And but we don't, you know, we, we don't always know what we can do. You know, it's it's almost like you come into the world, you know, you've got all these features <laughs> that you don't know that you have. Yeah, you know, and and um, just bear that in mind because you can do much more than you think
0: you can do, and uh, you know for the rest of your life. Wow, absolutely incredible, Mark. Yeah, there's a I don't know who said it, but somebody said that there should be like a manual for your brain or something because you weren't you weren't given that when you were born, but we all we, we all need it. So yeah, excellent. So thank you for joining us for our twenty first episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. So as I mentioned earlier, we have some resources and some things that we're going to drop in the description link. So if you're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, just check out the description. We're going to have a link to hypnosisdownloads.com as well as information uh, about Mark and some of the other things that we discussed in this podcast. So thank you very much for joining us. Make sure to really, really, really put your best foot forward in your job search. Make sure to keep your head up in every way possible and just keep listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review if you feel like this has been a very helpful and impactful episode. So I thank you very much. And Mark, once again, thank you for joining us. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Chris.